0: From 2nd Corinthians chapter 11 and I want to, I want to just read to you in the second and the third verse. The scripture says, I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. Godly jealousy is a good thing. Uh, That is simply God's jealousy, which is the fact, not that he envies, jealousy and envy are not the same thing. Uh, God is not envious, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. There's nothing that we have that God needs from us. And so it's not envy, it's jealousy. And the jealousy is based on the fact that he knows the thoughts he has for us. And he knows that he is our healer, he is our savior, he is our deliverer. And when we look to other gods or idols or any other entity to worship, then we are provoking the jealousy of God Because those idols have eyes, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. They have mouths, but they speak not. Hands, but they heal not. But the Lord, our God, is a very present help in trouble. And so when we look to anyone beside him, he becomes jealous. In fact, the Bible says that his name is Jealousy. And you see that even in the name that he gives to Moses when he said, I am. That name is a jealous name because he's letting you know nobody else. I am. Who is your healer? I am. Who is your savior? I am. Who is your present help in the time of trouble? I am. It's a jealous name, and the jealous name is Simply based on the fact that God has a jealousy for his people. And it's a righteous jealousy. It's not what we would consider to be envy. So he is jealous over you with godly jealousy, Paul says. I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear. But I fear. Now anytime that word pops up, it grabs my attention. Because that is not a word used... Uh, happenstantially or or, are used irresponsibly, I fear he's very deeply concerned about something. Lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So I want you to understand something about the simplicity that is in Christ. Living for God is supposed to be simple. It's not supposed to be complicated. We complicate it, but it's not supposed to be complicated. Living for God is supposed to be simple. And the way that it is simple is that it is done in Christ. If you try to live for God outside of Christ, complexities will abound. But if you will live for God in Christ... There is such glory, there is such wonder, there is such power, there is such grace. He giveth more grace, and his grace is sufficient. And so when you need some more grace, he giveth more grace. He giveth grace to the humble, he resisteth the proud. So living for God is supposed to be simple. Do you know all the truth of God is simple? Every bit of it is simple. None of it, none of it is is supposed to be confounding what makes it confounding is how far removed we are from truth and so this is why when we actually do come to the truth it like blows our mind anybody ever come across a portion of scripture and you're just like whoa poof. that's awesome never seen that read that a hundred times I've never seen that before You know, really, you know what's blowing your mind is the simplicity that it was always there, and you're just now seeing it, and that's what really blows your mind. But so why is it then that that you know we call it getting deep? Ooh, that's deep. What we really mean is that is so simple, and I can't believe I never knew it. That makes so much sense. And I can't believe I never saw it before. So, so why is it then considered deep? I'll tell you why it's considered deep. Because of all the layers of false thinking that we've put on top of the truth. So the, the truth is covered with one false layer after another. And when you go what we would call deep, you're, you're just peeling back layers of false thinking, false doctrine, false tradition, false teaching, and when you finally go deep through, that's what you're going deep through. But when you get to the root of it all, it's rather simple. It's really simple. And so the simplicity, Paul said, is in Christ. And he said, I fear, I am concerned. I am, uh, it bothers me sometimes when I think about the fact that the serpent would use any means how many found that the devil will use any means he'll use your friends he'll use your family he'll use your enemies he'll use your flat tire he'll use a rainy day he'll use any means to to trick you and through subtlety just like he did with eve to, to, to remove you from the simplicity that is in Christ. That was his goal with Eve. You know, Paul used Eve as the example. And he could have used a lot of different uh, people who sinned in the word of God. He could have used Samson and Delilah. I fear lest by any means the enemy would, would trick you the way Delilah did Samson. Or I, I, I fear that by any means you would fall like, like Balaam and, and run greedily after the error of Balaam. But he used Eve, and the reason he used Eve was, number one, that was the original human sin. But it was also because there you see on full display where everything shifted. Where everything went from simplicity to complexity. Because before that moment in that garden, when the serpent deceived Eve, it's important for us to understand that the serpent deceived Eve, Adam was disobedient, Eve was deceived. There was a difference. Sin came by the disobedience of Adam, but Eve was deceived. And so the temptation that came to Eve and the deception that came to Eve, notice that the serpent said, Hath God said, you, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. He came to her with questions. A lot of times he tries to trip us up through questioning the word of God specifically. And you've got to be ready for the questions that the devil throws at you concerning the Word of God. Amen. You can't just not know the Word of God. You've got to know the Word. That Word has to be in your mind like like a Rolodex. I know nobody younger than me knows what a Rolodex is, but... But, but it's, you know, where you can just flip through and you know, you say, wait a minute, there's a scripture that addresses that. There's, wait, minute, I've read something somewhere. I've heard something preached one time. Wait a minute. No, no. There's a, the, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You've got to know the word of God. So that when the questions come and oh, all oh, the questions are going to come. They're going to come. You just rest assured and they're not going to stop coming. And every time they come, you've got to have a word to stand on. And here's the challenge. Eve responded with what she thought was the word. She said, God hath said that we can eat of every tree but not of this tree. And God hath said we can't touch it. God said they couldn't eat it, but he never said they couldn't touch it. I don't know who told her that. I don't know if she made it up. I don't know if Adam told her. I don't know. But somewhere along the line, she added to the word of God. And and anytime you add to the word, it loses its power. And anytime you take away from the word, it loses its power. You've got to let the word be the word because the word has the power. And when you add to the word, that's your word. And when you take away from the word, that's your word. And your word doesn't have power. His word has power. His word has power over the enemy. His word has power over the temptation of the serpent. His word has power over the questions that will fill your mind. So Eve tries to use the word, but she does not understand the word. So she is not using it appropriately and and correctly. And she ends up getting confused because what she's saying isn't the real word of God. And so it doesn't make sense when it's stacked up against the deception of the serpent. She falls Adam with her eats also, the Bible says. And so when Adam and Eve both come away from that experience of having, her having been deceived and him having been disobedient, sin had entered the world. And sin didn't travel alone, and sin never travels alone. I know you don't always know it, but sin never travels alone. Sin brings death with it. Always, I know you can check it and you can look and and, and sin be sitting there in the driver's side seat. No, it's just me in the car. You see anybody in your passenger? Nope. Anybody in your back seat? Nope. Check the trunk. Check the glove compartment. Check the console. Get under those seats because death is traveling with sin. The wages of sin is death. When lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So sin always brings death. And it did with Adam and Eve. Sin brought forth death. And that changed everything. The moment that sin occurred, Adam's mind and Eve's mind shifted. The Bible refers to corrupt, to us being corrupted by wicked works. And that's exactly what happens. Our minds become corrupted by wicked works. It is, it is, listen, it's our mind that is the issue. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So before Adam sinned, he and God had relationship. He and God were in communion with one another. The Bible describes the voice of God walking in the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day. The Word of God describes that, that God would call to Adam and Adam would respond to God. And, and God and Adam had this This father and son relationship. Adam was the son of God. And then Adam sinned. And something very interesting happens after Adam sins. The Bible says that the voice of God came down to the garden as at other times. He steps down into this garden. It's a very normal exchange. He and man and God are used to this this exchange. But the Bible says that when God looked for man, man hid himself... And the Lord said, where are you? And he said, I was afraid when I heard your voice. That was the difference. The first time we ever see the concept of fear emerge in the scriptures was after sin was committed. And when he heard the voice of God, the same voice that brought comfort, the same voice that brought direction, the same voice that brought peace, now brings fear. What changed? Did God change? God changes not. He is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. So what was it that changed? Adam changed. How did Adam change? He changed through sin. Sin changed Adam. And specifically, sin changed the way Adam perceived the voice of God. Instead of the voice, the same voice that brought peace, it now brings fear. When man hears the voice of God, he does not respond with the the eager rush to receive from God. Now he runs and hides himself. How many have ever met somebody that when you began to share the word of God, they recoiled? They ran? I mean, honestly, you think about that. It's such an innocent thing. We're just talking about an idea If you think about it logically. But there's something about the voice of God. That conflicts with that fallen sinful nature of man. That occurs after the sin of Adam. I want you to know that before the sin of Adam. Man had dominion on the earth. He had authority over the plants of the earth. Over the animals of the earth. Over the elements of the earth. And then he commits sin. And he now loses that dominion he yielded that dominion over and and he begins a slow demise and he eventually will die and the generation after him will also die this is why in the begats of the book of genesis you start seeing a steady decline in the age rate except for methuselah who lived to be 969 years old adam was 930 Methuselah was 969. But as the generations descend, they all start dying younger and younger and younger and younger because they all were further and further removed from when man had dominion over the things of the earth. But I want you to know, it was never the will of God for you or I to die. Never were we supposed to die. We should know what a tombstone is. We shouldn't know what an obituary is. We shouldn't know what a mortician is. We shouldn't have hospitals. We shouldn't have, we, 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 we shouldn't have uh, graveyards. We, we shouldn't have funerals. These are all things that are here because of our fall. They're not a part of the original plan. They're a part of our fall. And it's going to be changed at the resurrection. Hallelujah. It's going to be restored at the resurrection. It's already restored in Christ, but it will be restored fully in the resurrection. Praise God. So so Adam has this, this conversation with God. He fears the voice of God, and we see this fear even in our own life. How many remember times when God would speak to you, God would begin to minister to you, perhaps before you came to God? And when you heard his voice at first, you were afraid of what it was you were experiencing. But as you eased closer, you realized there was no love like the love of God. And there was no peace like the peace of God. And there was no joy like the joy of God. We see it again in the days of Moses, when Moses is before the burning bush. And, and the voice of God comes from the bush that burns with fire but is not consumed. And the Lord says something to Moses. He says to him, come hither to me. And he says, take off your shoes for the place whereon you stand is holy ground. Anybody ever remember that being said? Remember when, when the Lord said that? Well, in our carnal mind, here's how we perceive that. We perceive that God is saying to Moses... Hey, Moses, I want you to come into my presence. And then as Moses begins to take his step, the Lord says, Oh, wait a minute. Take your shoes off. You're going to come into my presence with those nasty shoes on. Did you know it's muddy out there? And this is holy ground. You, 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 if you, you respect where you are. That's how we perceive that. We've heard that before. But that's not, that's not at all what, what, what is happening. If you'll tune into what the voice of God is saying... Moses is a shepherd. Moses has shoes on his feet for protection. Rocks. Jagged stones. Scorpions and snakes. And and several different ways that he can be injured. But when the Lord says, you're in my presence. He says, take off the guard. Remove the guard. There's nothing here that's going to hurt you. You're on holy ground. Let me tell you something, when people walk into the house of God, into the presence of the Lord they need to know that they're in a place where they're not going to be hurt here. you're not going to be hurt here you're on holy ground, let your guard down, come on let your guard down let your defenses down, you're in the presence of God, you're in the presence of his people, you're in the presence of people who do know their God, who have been loved by God and love people the way their God has loved them You see the difference? Our carnal mind just automatically assumes that God is saying, Hey, hey, get those shoes off your feet if you want to be in my presence. But that's that's not the way God operates. God is looking out for Moses. I'm getting ready to do something for you that you've never imagined could be done. So I want you to let your guard down, take your defenses off, get yourself comfortable. Come on in. You're in a safe place. I'm going to equip you with something you never knew that you had. So Moses has that experience, he walks away from that, goes to Egypt, has this whole encounter with Pharaoh, and unleashes the plagues of God, and we won't get into all that, but there's, there's these ten plagues, and, and he let my people go, and he brings them out of Egypt, and they, they come to the Red Sea, and stand still, be, be still, and, and see the salvation of the Lord, and they, they walk across on dry ground, and the horse and the rider hath God cast into the sea when the waters crash back down on them, and they come up on the other side, Miriam grabs a the timbrel, they all dance, and all is well, and all is good, and... And then they come to this mountain. And when they come to this mountain, Moses said, now this is what I've been telling y'all about. Woo! y'all haven't seen anything yet. We're going to go have a good time in the presence of God. Wait till you meet the God of our fathers. Wait till you meet the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I've talked to him. I stood before the bush that did burn, but was not consumed. He called me by name. He told me his name. And he wants to show every one of you exactly what he showed me. It's how he talked to Abraham. It's how he talked to Isaac. It's how he talked to Jacob. It's how he talked to me. Let's go. And Moses takes off running. I mean, Moses is ready, but Israel is they're looking at the mountain Moses is talking about and the Bible says that there was darkness upon the mountain and there was a tempest upon the mountain and there were vapors of smoke and there was thunder and there was lightning and Israel looked at Moses and said you have lost your mind if you think we're going up to that mountain because that's what God looks like to our carnal mind Darkness and tempest and vapors of smoke and thunder and lightning. And, and that's what, sometimes that's what people hear when we talk about you ought to serve the Lord. All they hear is lightning and thunder and, and vapors of smoke. Well, uh, you ought to come to church with me this Sunday. Lightning and thunder and darkness. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because it's all reversed, you see. For the carnal mind, foolishness is wisdom and wisdom is foolishness. To the carnal mind, evil is good, and good is evil. To the carnal mind, everything is reversed. But Moses said, I, I know. I've been there. I know what it looks like. I know how it feels to your flesh. But come and go with me to my father's house. Let's just step into his presence. I, I know it's scary, but but that's because you're mine has been shifted by your disobedience corrupted by wicked works but if you'll step into the glory of God hallelujah and 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 you'll see something you've never seen before and you know what they told him they said never I'll never do it you go do it and tell us what he says so Moses goes to God and he's like God I tried they won't come up here they don't want anything to do with you God said okay and this is how we're going to have to do this. He said, I'm going to give you my law, and then you're going to give my law to Israel. That, ladies and gentlemen, is where the law of Moses originated. It was never supposed to be the law of Moses. It is only supposed to be the law of God. And the law of Moses is the law of God via Moses. Do you know that the law of God is comprised in those Ten Commandments? And, and the, the two great commandments. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And upon these hang all the law and the prophets. That's what God engraved in stone. And, and that's what God wants to engrave in our hearts. But because they would not go into his presence. Because they would not stand before his burning bush. You've got to stand in the presence of the Lord. You know what, I can preach, I can preach all night long. I can beg and plead, I can stomp and I can sweat, and I can try my best to convince you, but until you stand in the presence of the Lord, you're never going to hear his voice and come away saying, I am persuaded that nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Tribulation and persecution and famine and nakedness and peril and sword. that kind of understanding can only come from the presence of the Lord. Now, what I can do, what I can do is I can try to lead you into green pastures. I can try to say, hey, look, come over here to to John chapter 15, and come over here to Acts chapter 2, and look, look, come over here to Psalm 1 and and Psalm 27, and I'm going to try to show you God. But you've got to stand before the burning bush. I'm not Moses. The New Testament pastor is not Moses. We don't stand between the people of God and God. We're just before God ourselves. And you are before God yourself. And God is revealing his name to you. Hallelujah. And you're not gonna come away with a different name. You hear what I'm saying? He's only one God, and he's my God, Hallelujah. and his name is above every name. Hallelujah. His scripture is of no private interpretation. Holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And this is why you can pick one man of one occupation from one era of time and pick up another man from, from a thousand years later of a different occupation. And they both have an encounter with the same God and come away with the same message. Because it is truth. And if you know it, it will set you free. It will set you free. Have you not learned by now this world doesn't understand truth? They wouldn't know truth in their natural mind if it, if it fell on them out of a tree while they're walking down the sidewalk. They would not know truth in their natural mind. This is why there's so much conflict and confusion and chaos and violence and animosity and hatred and malice. Let that never be named among the saints of God. That is not of our father. That is of the wicked one. And so they didn't stand before the burning bush like Moses implored them to do. So Moses comes down with a law. And he said, look, God really wants to write this in your hearts. But you wouldn't go let him write in your heart. So it's got to be on these tablets. So you're just going to have to try your best, I guess, to do what's right and to do what's good. And I know you've got all these emotions, but you're going to have to try your best to tame them and do what's right and do what's good. If you just go into his presence and let him reveal to you his name, if you let him reveal to you his nature. Oh, folks, I wouldn't trade his presence for anything in the world. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I don't want anything but the presence of God. Nothing but the presence of God. Listen, I, I listen. I, I serve him because I love him. And I love him because he first loved me. It is his nature. It is his integrity. It is his character that has won me. It, it is the depth and the breadth and the length and the height of his love that has won me to his commandments. He pulled me from my own path. He pulled me from my own way. He said, stand in my presence for a little while. Let me reveal my nature to you. And when I started learning of him and realizing this is the way, walk ye in it. This is the truth. Walk ye in it. I don't want another way. You can have the broad way. I don't care. How many people are on the Broadway? I don't care how many celebrities are on the Broadway. I don't care how popular it is to be on the Broadway. I know where the Broadway leads. I'm on a narrow way, and it's a narrow way that leads to life everlasting. It leads to life everlasting. And so, so the children of Israel are standing there with Moses, handing them this, just this, this myriad of rules and regulations that governed to the nth degree of every aspect of their life. And they're looking at it like, oh, okay, I will just have to check the manual every time we take a step or breath. Because that's what life is like when the law of God is not written in your heart. But, oh, friend, when the law of God is written in your heart, then the Holy Ghost in you begins to reveal the word to you. The Bible said that the Spirit will come to you. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, will come to you and will bring to your remembrance every word that I have spoken. This goes back to knowing the word of God. You, you know why David said he hid the word of God in his heart? He said, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against God. That's why you hide the word of God. Why? Why? What's wrong with sin? Oh, well, let's go back to the very beginning. That's what caused the whole problem. That's what changed us from innocent to complicated, from simplistic to complex, from, from whole to broken, from well to sick, from alive to dead. Sin did that. Yes, we must overcome sin. Yes, we must live above sin. You better repent of your sin. Sin is the problem. Sin has always been the problem. Sin will always be the problem. You cannot commit sin and expect anything other than death. That's what it brings with it. And so, so that's what Jesus said. He said the Holy Ghost is going to come inside of you. And the Holy Ghost is going is to regulate. The Holy Ghost is going to enforce. The Holy Ghost is going to remind you of the Word of God. That's why when the child of God is prayerful. Do you know what, do you know what the Apostle Paul said? He said it this way. He said... If you'll walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. It is not complicated. It's simple. I mean, people spend their whole life fighting the lusts of their flesh. And backslide, come in and out of the church. They, 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 they backslide, pray through because they never feel like they can have any victory over the lusts of their flesh. It's not complicated. It's very simple. If you walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Do you want to know why? Because the spirit will fight for you. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you that you literally can walk, it's this simple. You literally can walk with God and trust him. And when temptation comes your way, the Holy Ghost in you will rise up against that temptation. Amen. And, you, and, and you're, just, you're just kind of going about your day and something is, something is warring on your behalf. It's the Holy Ghost. You want to know why that, that, that happens like that? Here's why. And this is why the simplicity is in Christ. Because all of these temptations, they've already been overcome. All of them. I know you think, man, I don't know if anybody suffers from what I suffer from. If anybody's tempted by what I'm tempted by. If anybody's ever gone through what I've gone through. If anybody's ever faced the kind of turbulence and turmoil I've ever faced. Listen to what the Bible says. That Jesus Christ was tempted in all points. All points. All points. As we are tempted. There is not a temptation known to mankind that did not come try to bring Jesus down. But he was without sin. You you, you know what that means? That means it is possible for you to be tempted by something and it not be a sin that you were tempted by it. Oh, I know the accuser of the brethren gets up in your ears and tells you that the temptation is the sin. But the temptation is not the sin. It is the commission of sin that is sin. It is the transgression of the law that is sin. And so when the enemy comes in, this is what he tries to do. He tries to tempt you. And when you resist the temptation, then he tries to say, well, you're condemned because you were tempted by it in the first place. Jesus Christ was tempted. In all points as we are tempted, yet without sin. He knows every temptation you have ever faced, and he has already overcome every temptation you will ever face. And do you know why he did that? Let me tell you why he did it. So he could give you the victory. Victory. Victory in Jesus. My Savior forever. He sought me. And he bought me. With his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him. And oh. My love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. The simplicity is not outside of Christ. The simplicity is in Christ. The simplicity is not next to Christ. The simplicity is in Christ. The simplicity is not with Christ. It's in Christ. That's why all of the promises of God that you'll look into the word of the Lord. The Bible says the promises of God are in him. Yea and amen. They're in him. All the promises of God. This is why you must repent of your sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Being baptized in Jesus is how you get in Christ. Now you're in Christ. Let me tell you all the things that happen in Christ. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We sit together in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. Glory. Hallelujah. It's on and on. He said, if, I, if you abide in me and I abide in you, if my words abide in you and you abide in me, you're going to bear much fruit. That's what he said. He said, listen, he said that in Jesus dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. And we are complete in him. In him. David understood this when he went to fight Goliath. This is why he explained to Goliath, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I'm not afraid of you because I come against you in. Listen, the preposition matters. The seven sons of Sceva tried a different preposition and they said, we adjure you by Jesus. I'm not here next to Jesus or by Jesus or just with Jesus. I'm in. Jesus that's why David said I come to you in the name of the Lord of the hosts of Israel Peter said silver and gold have I none but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ I'm telling you it's simple in Christ hallelujah hallelujah it's simple in Christ because He already did it. Amen. My God, all I got to do is all I got to do is, is is trust in the Lord. Where in the Lord? Where in the Lord? With all of my heart, lean not to my own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Amen. Have faith in God. Glory, Hallelujah. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth in to it and is safe. Oh, I feel the presence of God. Somebody needs to understand that God is for you. And he'll fight your battles for you. I'm trying to tell you there is no sin that is common to man that the Lord has not already put under his feet. That's why he became a man. And in and, and becoming a man, he put every sin under his feet. Every one of them. Every temptation you have ever faced, it's already under the feet of Jesus. Let me, let me explain to you like this. The life that he lived when he walked this earth was a life of obedience. By obedience, I mean he overcame temptation. Not only did he overcome all temptation, listen to what else he did. He healed all manner of sickness. He already healed COVID a long time ago. He healed Alpha, Delta, Omicron, oh my goodness, Cron. He healed everything. It's already healed with the stripes of Jesus Christ. Yes, it is. He healed every flu and every variant of every flu. He healed every cancer and every subtype of cancer. He healed every virus. He's already he healed all manner of sickness and he did so intentionally for the same reason that he overcame all temptation. He resisted all temptation. He healed all sickness and by doing so that act of resisting temptation and healing sickness is recorded in his blood because his blood is the record of the life he lived. I said, his blood is the record of the life he lived. I'm gonna tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. When the Bible talks about life, it's talking about that life of 33 and a half years. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. When he said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He's talking about the life he lived already on this earth. That's why there's power in the blood. Because the blood holds the record. Yes, he, he resisted the temptation to lie. Yes, he resisted the temptation to commit adultery. Yes, he resisted the temptation to commit idolatry. Yes, he resisted the temptation to commit fornication. He resisted all temptation. And the record of that overcoming power is in his blood. He healed all manner of sickness. Yes, he healed the leprosies. Yes, he healed all of the... All of the issues of blood. Yes, he healed all of the palsies. Yes, and this covers the spectrum of all sickness. He healed it all. And the record of that healing is in his blood. So when his blood is applied to our life, we walk in the power of his healing. And we walk in the power of his righteousness. My Lord. I'm coming to a close. But folks, this is how simple it is. When you go down in those waters, in Jesus' name, you take, I take Joel Urshan down into those waters and leave him there. And when I come up out of those waters, I've got a new name on me. And that new name on me is the name of Jesus Christ. And when I stand before the Lord in judgment, the devil wants to bring up everything Joel Urshan has done and try to beat me over the head with it. But the Lord says, wait a minute, let's check. This is the Joel's book of life. Let's check the Lamb's book of life. Because if his name is written in the Lamb's book of life, then he's not going to be judged according to the sins that Joel committed before he came to Christ. He's going to be judged according to the righteousness of the Lamb. And this is why I will walk into the glory of God. Even though I was a sinner undone, I will walk through innocent and blameless and pure. Not because I'm so holier than everybody else, but because Jesus is holy and he is pure. And his blood has made me holy. I'm going to tell you something. When you understand that about the Lord, that is what's going to make you want to serve him. That's what's going to make you want to love him. Not Moses coming down and throwing a bunch of tablets of stone at you. It's going to come from standing in his presence. And the burning bush searing those words on your heart. You'll never, you'll never want to commit adultery. You'll never, you'll never want to bear false witness against your neighbor. You'll, you'll never want to covet what your neighbor has. You're, you're content with what you have. You've learned in all states, where, where, however you've been, to be content, both to a, be abased and to abound. To, to suffer need, to be hungry, and to be full. You learned it by being in the presence of the Lord. It's simple. It really is simple. To be in Christ. And let the life that he already lived. Let him live it through you. We say WWJD. What would Jesus do? I say WDJD. What did Jesus do? It, it, it's, it's, it's not so much us looking at his life. And trying so hard to be like him. It's us being absorbed by his life, and him being himself through us. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hey, listen, I got a long way to go just to be like my Lord, the old song says. But if I'll just be in his presence and open up his word and let that seed fill my heart, and let the fruit of the Spirit grow. And let the gifts of the Spirit flow. And let the goodness of God abound in my heart. And let the grace of God be sufficient for me. All of a sudden, my tongue loses its razor edge. All of a sudden, my hands lose their violence. All of a sudden, my, my mind loses its condemnation. And I have joy in my heart. And joy. And I start treating people better. I start, I start loving God more deeply and loving my neighbor more appropriately and thoroughly. What is that? That's the simplicity that is in Christ. Glory to God. Could you lift your hands to the Lord right now and ask God just to let His word speak to you in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah! 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 Come on, let His word speak to you right now in the name of Jesus. Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God. Our musicians can come, but, 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 but for a moment, let's, let's say, God, I need that burning bush experience again. It's been a while since I've heard you call my name. It's been a while since I've heard you say, come to me and take your shoes off and let your guard down and stand in my presence for a little while. It's, it's been a little while. It's been a little while since I've stepped past the darkness and the tempest and into the glory of God. And seeing the peace and the presence and the purity of your good spirit. Stand with me right now with hands uplifted all across this house. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, stand with me right now. Lift up your voice unto the Lord. Lift up your voice unto the Lord. And give him praise right now. Give him praise right now. Give him praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah hallelujah (laughs) hallelujah come away from the complexity come away from the condemnation come away from the constant constant turmoil of your flesh consider the lilies how they grow they toil not neither do they spin yet Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed as one of these. (laughs) Glory. In all of his glory, in all of his effort, he was not arrayed as one of these lilies. You need to consider the lily. You're toiling and struggling and fighting instead of just letting go and letting God be the Lord of your life. Be the Lord of your mind be the lord of your decisions hallelujah oh god let us hear your voice again let us hear your voice again hallelujah let us hear your voice samuel can you hear me can you hear me come on somebody let god speak to you again hallelujah let god let god speak to you again i want to tell you something god has said some of the roughest things to me in my walk with him he has said some things that were so in my face i mean just right between my eyes and when he said it it was so gentle and so kind i was like i think i think he just took something out of my spirit and i'm better He just revealed the error of my way to me. He just showed me how I was complicating relationships, how I was complicating his gospel, how I was complicating his love and his mercy and his kindness and his holiness when it's all so simple in him. Oh, come away, he said, my fair one, come away. Come away, my fair one. Can you hear his voice? His voice is saying, come away from all that you have been wrapped up in that has lied to you, that has deceived you. Come away, Eve. Come away from that conversation you're having with that beguiling serpent. Come away, my fair one. In my Father's house there are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Come away. Come away in prayer. Come away in fasting. Come away in seeking my face. Come away. Come away. Come away. Hallelujah. Somebody do it right now. Somebody do it right now. These altars are open for somebody to come and seek the face of God. We're going to sing unto the Lord. We're going to enter into his presence. We've got a little while here. Let's take a moment and seek God.
1: Show us, your glory. show us your glory. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Let every burning heart be holy ground. Show us. Yes. Show, us show us your, your glory. glory. Show us your glory. In wonder and, and surrender, surrender we fall down. down. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Show, us your glory. Show us your glory. Every burning.
0: You change everything take I want us to take whatever complex thing we're facing you know that thing that you can't make heads or tails of you don't know what to do about it it's just a big confusing ball to you a ball of confusion and I I want you to take that thing and I want you to put it in Christ I want you to cast down imagination every imagination I want you to tear down every stronghold Pull down strongholds, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. It's so simple when you realize his obedience has already taken care of your situation. And when you get into his obedience and he makes you obedient, (laughs) it starts coming together. It starts making sense. It starts getting simple real fast. Come on, give it to him. Take it now. Take it. Take it and put it into the obedience of Christ. Come on, put it into the obedience of Christ. Come on, put it in there and say, Lord, you've already overcome this. I'm giving it to you right now in the name of Jesus. I don't know how to save their soul, but I'm putting it in your hands. Lord, I don't know how to heal that relationship, but I'm putting it in your hands. Lord, I can't control what they think and what they do, but I'm not going to have one more sleepless night about it. I'm bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of
1: Christ. How much more will He go if He watches go? Oh, yes, Lord. heaven is How much more does He love? How How much more does He love? Love
0: how much more, how much more does he love? If he watches over, heaven respects him. How,
1: much more, yeah. you, how much more will he go? Thank love? you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. With beauty and splendor, how much more will he go? How much more will he go? How much more does He love How much more does He love you? Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, You changed everything. Jesus, Jesus,
0: Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus,
1: you change. Jesus, you change everything.
0: to receive it right now receive it right now in the name of the lord let him, right let him love you right now 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 thank you jesus thank you precious jesus hallelujah oh hallelujah 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 just keep on praying and seeking the face of god just keep on praying and seeking the face of god family prayer this Saturday will be rescheduled due to the weather that's coming. Many people will be gone to midwinter so a week from this Saturday we will have family prayer. In the name of the Lord just continue to seek the face of God. He's in this place. He's in this place. He's in this place. He's in this place. (laughs) Hallelujah. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's really so simple, and all these things shall be added unto you. <laughs> oh, yes, Lord. Baptize us, Lord, with the simplicity of the gospel. Baptize us again with the simplicity of the gospel. Hallelujah.